Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management LLC, and Luba Workers Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Commander's Palace in the Garden District and Out to Lunch, the show about New Orleans business. Today we're going to take a look at two very different products manufactured just blocks away from each other in the French Quarter. One is made to last a lifetime, the other to disappear in minutes. The quickly disappearing product is, along with the fleur-de-lis, one of the best-known symbols of New Orleans, the beignet. The beignet began its life in New Orleans in 1862, and did you know that in the 1800s there were 500 coffee shops in the French Quarter? The only one that survives today from that era is the home of the beignet, Café de Monde. Café de Monde's Vice President Bert Benru is my guest on Out to Lunch today. Bert, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. My other guest owns a very different French Quarter business that also produces uh, one of the most enduring and beloved symbols of New Orleans, the gas lamp. Uh, Drew Bevelo is the grandson of Andrew Bevelo Sr., who designed and created the copper gas lamp we see all around the quarter on homes all over the city, and as we're going to find out across the country and around the world. Uh, Drew, welcome out to lunch. My pleasure. I want to ask you both the same question because You've both done something very similar and very difficult. You've both been spectacularly successful at it. You've stepped into a family business generations after it began, and not only have you kept it going, but you've taken your business to new heights. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about where Café de Monde and Bevelo were when you stepped into them and, and where they are today. Uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Bert. Well, uh, when I started at Café de Monde, it was, I started in 1986. And uh, this is now 11 years after the renovation of the French market, the 1975 renovation of the French market. So when you go to the Café de Monde right now, you're looking at that renovation, the 1975 renovation. In addition to the renovation, there was, there was a fight in 1975 whether or not the Café de Monde could retain the lease oh, wow. at that location. Um, it's a city-owned property, and there were some other, some other people who were fighting for that for that location um now now the fernandez family had run had bought the cafe de Monde in 1942 so from 42 to 75 they maintained that business and they were able to prevail by maintain by continuing the lease with the city of new orleans um so and that was a real dicey thing i know the family was still very upset about the fight that happened back in 1975 to retain the, the lease so at that location. So you had that battle retaining it, but then you took it and expanded it. Well, okay, so, so uh, it's a small family business. At that point in time, there's, uh, it's a second generation. There's three, three guys running the business. Um, it's open 24 hours a day. They've uh, jettisoned the uh, Fernandez wine cellar uh, that was across, that, that uh, Hubert Fernandez established way back at the end of Prohibition. Um, and and uh, that's how they ended up with the Café de Monde. Hubert would look at 
look at the business across the street and and I can imagine he was thinking all these varieties of wine and you know what a complicated inventory system well and here's this coffee shop across the street they only sell milk beignets and coffee so uh, so he bought that and uh, and they ran both businesses until you know the late 60s when uh, when my father-in-law said okay well let's get rid of the wine cellar and just concentrate on the on the coffee shop simplify things a little bit um, but now about what is it 30 percent of your sales are outside of the actual facility yeah. well well that's right well in since since 1985 we've uh, we expanded out into the suburbs like our clientele did you know a lot of people moved out into the suburbs so we just moved our business closer to them um, right now we have eight eight locations uh, we have um, four three three freestanding locations with drive-throughs um, we have a licensee in Japan um, that that business started back in 1989 um, and they operate uh, I would say right now they're probably hovering around 20 Cafe de Mons. They've opened and closed over 100 in Japan, yeah. The, um, uh, it's been a very interesting experience to travel over there and see what they do. Does it go well with sushi? What is it that... Uh, well, no, they're, they're, it, it has more of an European flair. You know, there's no, they don't sell any fish. You know, it's coffee <laughs> and uh, coffee and, uh, and pastries, beignets. You know, the interesting thing about the Japanese is the first thing they did is they, uh, they put in a cinnamon sugar. Um, oh. And just to, because people over there are used to a little bit of variety, and that was a real easy thing to do. And they also have a, a dip sauce, you know, so you get your, your beignets and you can dredge your, your beignets through, through a sauce, whatever sauce right. they get, like a custard or a strawberry. Now, so. Drew, let me ask you. Um, you, same situation, uh, your grandfather started the, I guess both our grandfathers were Italian immigrants, right. so uh, they, uh, and, but when you came in, where did you, how did you take it to the next level? I know these family businesses, we have a family business forum at Tulane, I know it, the mechanics, the we, logistics are been. tough. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, and uh, you know, we have an Italian family that passes it down one generation or another here's the key i'm andrea giovanni bevelo the third my grandfather should i've was introduced first. you that way that Second. is very i'm good no. at these rolling r's that's okay that's and but uh the point is my grandfather owned the company then he passed it down to my uncle and my father and he actually all owned a third of the company at one time and then uh my uncle owned it himself and then they pass it down to me, but we just hand the key off. <laughs> and there's, there's one board of directors, there's one owner, there's one decision maker. Uh, even though I have an excellent staff, I have just an outstanding general manager, employees who are way smarter than I am. My grandfather, they always aspire for their sons and grandsons and whatever to be better. So they wanted me to be in the suit world, right? To go into stock breaking. That's you, right, you, you know were a little in bit Baton Rouge, right? Right, and uh, you know, went through the Shearson stuff oh, and wow, system, that's a great old all name. that, and uh, you know, a little bit in New Orleans uh, here and there. But uh, you know, eventually, my uncle called me one day, just fortuitously now, because I would have just been shuffling papers still. But he called me and said, um, you know, I need to get some brochures reprinted and this and that. Well, the business over the years had taken some economic hits, and you know, new home construction was down and so forth. So he had a tough time. Uh, retaining employees, you know, you put an ad in the paper for uh, craftsmen wanted or coppersmith wanted, 
Nobody knows what that is. That's right. I bet. So, uh, you know, he hired me, and he what he the gift that he gave me was uh, the ability to make lights. You know, we learned a little bit and did a little bit and had odd jobs and you know worked the drive-through window. Not that we have <laughs> not that we have that, no. but we went through the cleaning bathrooms job as well. <laughs> but um, uh, he had the patience to teach me after I was older, thirty. So. Uh, I came down here, he paid me $100 a week, this is 22 years wow. ago now, and uh, yeah, that was a lot. Tough love. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I got out of the suit world, so the dry cleaning bill went down, <laughs> and uh, just welded and made lights and made brackets and cut all the glass by hand, everything by hand from scratch, raw materials, uh, we make the lights from the ground up. So. Uh, that was a, just a great gift that he gave me, and in return, what I did is I added the re-engineering of the production process and lean manufacturing implementation, and just bringing those things up. You know, we were on a third floor or a three-story building in the French Quarter with 14-foot ceilings. That's not a good manufacturing layout. So uh, we bought another building, and we, you know hired and trained employees just incrementally gradually painfully but it's like bringing along a boxer you know <laughs> you know you have joe lewis or muhammad <laughs> ali but you can't put them in the ring you know in so the you're first like the fight. angelo dundee of lighting that's well, so great that's There's, nice uh, thanks <laughs> let me ask you know we mentioned something a few minutes ago that grabbed me is is um new house construction is that the driver to your business or one of the drivers or? well one of them we really do the nicest homes in the united states we do the nicest homes in the world now uh, i do all the lights for southern accent living and coastal living and veranda in architectural digest and traditional building uh, model homes. You did the lights for his place, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and that's, you know, historically though we have such deep roots. We have a Cafe Du Monde light because we're on Cafe Du Monde. We don't have to make up a name. We have a Commander's Palace light. We have a Cabildo light because we're on the Cabildo. We're on the French market. So all these lights are distinctive to the French market. Uh, some of the greatest architects and uh, most famous architects, certainly in Louisiana, uh, Coke and Wilson, uh, a. Hayes Town from Baton right, Rouge, Baton the yeah. father of Louisiana architecture, uh, graduated from Tulane in 1923. Um, you know, these all these architects had a hand in helping us develop lines and designs of lights, although we all made contributions as well, uh, you know, to develop the about 500 that we have now, I guess. Well, you know, I mentioned you both, you know, these New Orleans icons. I'll start with Bert. If you could change one thing about New Orleans, what would you change? Oh gosh, right now at this point in time, if I could do anything, I think I'd fix the harbor, the municipal yacht harbor. Oh, all right. <laughs> that has never come up before. It's that... still a mess. <laughs> Eight years later, it's still a mess. <laughs> I will. We'll get that off to Mitch you immediately. Know. They, uh, Andrew, what would you change if one thing in the city? Yeah. There's nothing to change in New Orleans. It's its own unique entity. But you know, we still need to keep putting uh, structural band-aids on it and. Uh, you know, I, I have my heart's in the French Quarter, of course, even though I've had, you know, lived uptown and and whatever. But uh, in the French Quarter, that's ground zero. That's the jewel of the city. That's what drives everything. That drives the engine for tourism. Uh, so we really need to pay a little bit uh, closer attention. Uh, I've been, you know, president of the French Quarter Business Association. I'm on okay. currently on a couple of boards there in Louisiana State Museum and things like that. So. Uh, 
in the past. So we, you know, recognize the history and how to keep those uh, buildings in commerce and repair them and whatever. They have to be occupied in order yeah. to save them. And then uh, what do you think's the, out of all the things that are involved in your business, what part gives you the most satisfaction? You know, I just, just come to work every day. I just look forward to coming to work every day and uh, making lights and people say such nice things around the world and are just amazed. And they say crazy things like, I've always wanted a Buffalo light on my house. And that's just so humbling to yeah. hear that. But, you know, when I walk to uh, Cafe Du Monde to have beignets and Cafe Au Lait, I'll go up and I'll see the lights my grandfather made and, or around Jackson Square or on the Cabilda. So permanent. They, uh, so... Uh, you know, it's just it's it's just touching, and uh, you know, I've, I'm proud to come to work every day. I just love it. Bert, what what gives you the most satisfaction? Well, I, it was my the coffee and beignets every morning when I get to work. That's <laughs> that's a, the second thing Starter. I the second thing I do when I get to work is you know I'll I'll pour myself a cup of coffee and and eat a beignet. You know, and um, yeah, most people don't get to do that. That's terrific. I mean, no, it's 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 awesome. It really is. It really is good. Now it's time to check the inbox, and that's where our producer picks a question that's come in from a listener. And uh, Grant, what came in this week? Peter, we've got a lot of questions on both Facebook and Twitter this week. Um, I got one for each of our guests. Drew, this one for you from Katrina Mish. Does Bevelo have plans to make online purchasing available? Their website is fantastic, but purchasing requires picking up a phone. Right. And you know, that's, that's a great question. I'm glad she uh, asked that. We have not sold our lights online because we want to look at every project that we're on to make sure people have the right size and the right style based on the architecture of the house. For you to go online and select 500 different styles of lights that we have, you're going to pick whatever you like. It's not what your house likes. Your interior designer, your architect, your husband, your wife, they all have four different opinions. So which one's the right one? Well, the, the house is right all the time. So we like to give uh, all of our clients the benefit of our, you know, 68 years of looking at houses and plans uh, from all over the world, every different type of architecture, from modern, traditional, you name it, we do it. Some houses, you can select your own lights. It's some are that simple. Uh, but most of the time not. And so we'd rather them not get too big or too small or make a budget-driven decision that I only have this much money left in my budget, so I have to get the smallest light that they have. And it looks terrible for the, you know, a, a lifetime of that house because the Apparently light lasts forever. Last forever, right? Right. <laughs> so you, you're, you're picking out something that you, don't, you never have to change, so we want to make sure it's right going in. And another thing, very quickly, the number of lights people put on their house are too many. So when people call up and they say, I need eight lights on my house, I'll say, you need five lights on your house because they have two lights by every door, by every door, by garages. It doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It's too much photometric light. It's not enough ambiance. So we really do a pretty in-depth analysis of your home. It doesn't cost you a penny. You can, you can not get lights from us for five years. You'll know that those are the right lights for your house. Wow. Here's a question for you, Bert, from Angela Berlier, who asks what about a hundred other people asked us, but this is the most succinct question. <laughs> Does Café Du Monde use an original recipe for their famous beignets? If so, whose recipe is it? We do use an original recipe for our beignets. Um, and uh, the, the recipe we're currently using was one that was tested out within the family um, 
uh, we wanted, you know, it, it goes back to when we came out with the box beignet mix back in the late 60s. People were always asking, well, can I make these beignets at home? And um, so members of the second generation got together in their kitchens at home. And, um, and they started experimenting and came up with the right combination that, that would, that would uh, complement what they were currently serving at the time and, and came up with a recipe that people would be able to replicate at home. And it's the box beignet mix that we sell you know, uh, through our websites and, and we sell them in our stores and you can find them in your grocery store. Um, so, so is it, it a it secret is, like Coca-Cola where it's in a vault at the Whitney or something like that? Or? Well, it is a secret, yes, and um, the recipe is in a vault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea it of is, that. They, uh, it is. Now it's time to pay it forward. One of the hallmarks of the current business renaissance in New Orleans is the spirit of cooperation in the new business community. On Out to Lunch, we ask our guests to join in with this spirit of cooperation by using their expertise and experience to help us with up-and-coming entrepreneurs. Drew Burt, today we're looking at a business called Nola Pie Guy. Nola Pie Guy is an online business that delivers fresh homemade pies made to order to homes and businesses in New Orleans. Uh, Nola Pie Guy, his real name is Nate Winner, uh, says his vision is to be the world's first virtual bakery where customers can create online baked goods and have them made fresh to order and delivered to their homes or, or places of work. Um, to get there, Nate says he needs to rebrand himself to go nationwide, and that's going to require capital, strategic partnerships, and uh, probably an app development. And what would you advise Nola Pie Guy to do to reach these goals? And as a personal aside, the, the, the pies are delicious. So uh, maybe the first question uh, in, to do with financing. What, any advice to a young guy starting out? Well, I think uh, he definitely needs to work on the sales aspect of his project you know if he can sell the more pies he sells the uh the better his chance of success so he needs to identify customers who are going to buy pies all the time and my recommendation to him would be to to find restaurateurs who necessarily don't want to take up the time or the space in their kitchen and and sell them pies. And I saw you know Nathan's uh, website and and uh, yes he does have a retail location, which which is good. Um, but but I would encourage him to to target into the into the food service and try to build some volume that way. And uh, Drew, uh, you know this is a kind of a branding question. You two are tremendously successful at this. What, what do you what would you recommend, to Nate? Well, branding is of course important, but you really just build that up over time with advertising. Don't be, you know, too anxious to spend a whole lot of money and just brand all at once. If you raise a million dollars and want to put a million dollars in print ads in one year, you're out of gas. And you'll so someone in the gas business. Right. right. And then but what happens is you'll implode. You'll make more than you can produce. So you have to kind of keep an even keel. Uh, look at, you know, first of all, just in the food business to back up a little bit, quality and consistency. Make sure it tastes good. We have the Peter seal of approval on this. Uh, and then consistency. You don't want any bad stuff. You want good shelf life. Uh, and then I guess the, the last thing is probably look at uh, similar businesses and successful business models so they don't have to recreate the wheel. 
you can you know you can follow along and look at somebody that has been had a delivery thing, maybe Omaha Steaks, uh, you know something like that. What their distribution was and what their history was and how they came along. But really coming uh, along, building a business, you really have to build it gradually. You're not going to be successful all at once. It's about hard work and it's doing it one person at a time. And uh, you know if he's a young guy, then he needs to bring it along you know slowly. And uh, in terms of expanding to other cities, you want to get all the kinks out of it Absolutely. in the first yeah. city. You don't want to just go all over the, you know, be worldwide and then find out you have terrible pies and nobody likes them. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a good thing to know. Thank you. Uh, Drew Bevelo, uh, Bert Benru, you have uh, businesses that are among the best-known symbols of New Orleans today, largely thanks to your personal talents and hard work. Bevelo and Café du Monde products are known and sold across the country and around the world and you're both great New Orleanians and great and great businessmen. Thank you for joining me on Out to Lunch. And no, great th guests. Thanks for Th having us. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Drew Bevelo, owner of Bevelo Gas and Electric Lights, and Bert Benru, the vice president of Cafe Du Monde. To find out more about Drew's lamps or Bert's beignets, follow the links on our sites, www.no.org and it's neworleans.com. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Dr. Cliff Brigden is our digital guru. The vivacious Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Our intern is Caroline Kaufman. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast and you can listen to past shows and keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter by going to our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Eris Studio Monitors, and more. More information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at PreSonus.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. I look forward to meeting you again here next week on Out to Lunch around the table here at Commander's Palace. Till then, be well, be safe, be happy. Bye-bye. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, online at joneswalker.com. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management, LLC, and Luba Workers' Comp.